Hello everyone, Katie here. A quick thanks before we start today's episode. You gave us a lot of support, and you sent us a lot of stories following the assault episodes, and it meant a lot to us. Please keep passing the episodes on. Share them with your friends. Share them with people that you work with or your family. Anyone that you feel would relate or benefit from having such a discussion. I love that our stories have gotten you reflecting on your own experience and why so often these stories go unshared or worse, feels shameful. So keep it up. And please consider supporting us with a financial contribution. Donations help this podcast run and contribute to the creation of new podcasts in the future. All donations are reserved exclusively for the production of audio content. They are not funding an afternoon aperitivo, I promise you. There is a donation button on our website, thebittersweetlife.net. It's quick, it's easy, it's safe, and frankly, it's really encouraging. I love radio. Your support makes shows possible. Thanks so much. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. This is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Today we sound a little different than we normally do because instead of sitting up on my bed to record, we are at the home of Cassie Griesbach, who is another expat living in Rome, because we decided, hey, it doesn't have to just be about us, right, Tiffany? It should be mostly about us, but it doesn't have to be all about us, no. Right. Uh, So if you're just joining us for the first time, this is a podcast where we explore the highs and lows, joys and sorrows of living as expats. Uh, Tiffany has the long-term view since she's been here for the last 10 years, and I have the short-term view since I'm only here for a year total, so I've only been here a very short time. And uh, Cassie, hi, by the way. Thanks for letting us talk to you. Hi. Been here about six months. Why are you here? Uh, my husband got a job here working at the Pontifical North American College of Rome, and we are here for as long as we want to be, I suppose, as long he has a yearly contract renewable. And so I think we've decided certainly on being here for at least two years, and after that we'll see. And why two? Long enough to be a good resume builder, you know, st- a stable job. Uh, short enough to get to go home. Short enough, but there's a, <laughs> I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm the one who keeps saying it's, it's certainly a two-year expedition. And not longer. No. You're different than Tiffany and, and me because we're both married, but we're both essentially loose and fancy-free. I'm not even working, so I'm really loose and fancy-free. But I think, uh, the, I think the word you're looking for is childless. Right, childless. We're both childless, so, you know, we have a little bit more flexibility that way. But that doesn't necessarily mean anything, as we are seeing, obviously, right now. Because Cassie, uh, which you can't see from where you're sitting right now, is, I'm going to say, eight-ish, seven and a half, eight months pregnant. So, if you're sitting out there and thinking, gosh, you know, I'd love to move and be an expat somewhere, but I, you know, I have a couple of kids, it's not possible, or I'm pregnant, or I'm trying to get pregnant, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. You can go for it if you want to enough. So that's really, I think, a positive inspiration for a lot of people. Well, seeing as you were pregnant when you got the news that you were moving here, and how many kids do you have? Well, three total. One we've yet to meet. So my oldest, Emma, is three years old, and Stella is a year and a half. And this new member uh, is 
going to be born in pretty much less than a month. So yeah, you're right on the money. We just hit the eight month mark. So what did you think with two and one on the way when your husband said, let's move to Rome? Well, we had actually only known for certain that I was pregnant about a week before we got the job. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I was like, let's do it. You know, why not? We, we knew we wanted to have another child and we had been discussing, you know, this possibility of he was either going to continue grad school in the States or we were moving to Rome. This was our plan last summer. And Rome didn't seem like it was happening because they took forever to get back to us. How unlike Rome to take forever to get back to you about something. <laughs> Little did we know at the time. Yeah, um, and so we got the, the news of getting the job July 6th, and they wanted us here by August 1st. <laughs> so uh, we were, before the news came here, we were, again, talking, if we get the job, are we going to go to Rome? And I was like, well, of course we are. Because if we get the job, that's an act of God. I don't see how we could turn it down. We have to go with it. It was such a shot in the dark to begin with. We're going to take the door if it opens. We then discussed, are we going to postpone having another child? Because there's this possibility we could be leaving the country. Just decided not to. We can handle another kid in Rome, and what's the? <laughs> why not? You two are so bold. <laughs> I love it. So does that mean if you were thinking that if the door opens, then the door was opened for a reason, does that mean that you weren't worried or concerned in any way coming here? I was surprisingly relaxed about the whole thing. Yeah. He applied for the job on a whim and <laughs> didn't reach all the qualifications. We have no idea how many applicants he was up against. It seemed like just a complete gift of God. that <laughs> if, if it was going to happen, then it was going to be for a reason. And has it been so far in these six months a gift from God? Or do you feel like maybe it was not as exciting and and romantic as it sounded? Have you had any negative experiences? Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. It hasn't been a bowl of cherries. (laughs) I mean, just because it's labeled a gift of God doesn't mean it's nice. Gifts make us more patient and stronger. And that usually means it's going to hurt a little bit. So, you know, that has been all of that. It has been a heck of a challenge and I keep thinking it would have been very different had we been a single couple in Rome and I imagine what other people happen to come across in the city just moving in and experiencing the romance of it I'm not a really romantic person but I imagine that single people without children they're having quite a different experience than I am here do you think you've been able to get around very much as far as seeing all the sights of the city and that sort of thing with the two girls in tow? Well, I have done very little, like, tourist activities, but I do get around. I I don't know. I'm learning the city as it is for the people that live here. I'm learning the bus systems. I'm learning the grocery stores. I'm learning the markets. I'm trying to learn the language. (laughs) She's higher on Duolingo than me. Ah, Duolingo. I know it well. I know it well. Mm -mm. If you're trying to learn a foreign language, look up the app. Duolingo. That's all I'll say about that. Um, So one of the reasons that we wanted to talk to you is not just because you're new in the country, but because you arrived expecting another baby, you didn't only have to just figure out the market system. You had to figure out the medical system and actually come up with a birth plan and certain birth professionals to work with. Can you kind of walk us through what that was like to even begin the process of figuring that out here? I imagine I took a very different approach than 
many other women because I had previously had two home births and we knew that we wanted to do the same. It's what I'm very comfortable with. It went very well. And so actually, I think that simplified it a whole lot because I actually didn't have to go through the hospital systems and interviewing doctors. And in that way, it seems a lot more personal to me to interview midwives and one or two people. And I'm definitely working with them as opposed to as many women experience. You get your doctor in the hospital, but whether or not you get them on the day, you don't know. And you have to go through the hospital systems, which here would mean trying to talk to people in a language I don't understand, using medical terminology, which I probably am lacking in English, <laughs> not just in Italian. It's, I, I don't know. I feel like my experience so far of that has been very simple. I looked up midwives. I only interviewed two. One, I didn't actually, they didn't ever let me meet the midwife. And I had such a frustrating time just communicating to the, the staff of this particular office that I was pretty much just going to wipe them off the list of possibilities because it was so frustrating. And I had already had a very pleasant experience with the midwife I am going to use now. Is she an English speaker or no? Yes, yes. She speaks very good English. She, she is Italian, but she can definitely communicate well. Now, um, this is a question just from someone who is totally ignorant on home births, and this doesn't really have anything to do with whether we're in Italy or whether we're in America or any other country, but do you have a plan in place for if, God forbid, something should go wrong, even, you know, something small where you would need to be at a hospital or you would need actual, um, you know, medical attention? What, what, do you, what do you do in that sort of situation? Do you plan for it in advance? Or I'm just curious how that works. Yeah, we do make plans for emergency situations. The midwives, they are the first response team, basically. It's not like I just have some people who are good at the perfect birth plan where nothing goes wrong. They are able to give medicine. They do stitching. They do the care that you would need should something go wrong. I actually did have an example of that in my, for my second girl, and my midwives were so prompt in their care. It was pro I probably got care faster than I would have in the hospital because there was no transferring or finding the doctor that was appropriate. And we do discuss the possibilities of uh, if it gets to a point where they can't help me anymore or they're not qualified. We do have a hospital planned that we will go to. The midwives accompany me to the hospital. They continue to be my advocate in my birth plan and <laughs> which is really good. So they'll be talking to the doctors if something should happen. Because I imagine that must be the most f frustrating thing is having to communicate, just not being able to communicate in an Italian hospital <laughs> uh, surrounding your birth, not knowing what they're talking about. You, you can't make your decisions very well, not being very well informed, just because of the language challenge. can't even imagine. No, I have a friend who um, has given birth now twice at Fate Bene Fritali, which is a hospital here in Rome. It's quite a famous hospital. It's on the Tiber Island, a little island in the middle of the, uh, of the river. Her Italian is not at the best level. She's lived here several years. She probably should technically speak a bit better than she does. But, um, but I heard that at that particular hospital, which is famous for their maternity ward, like half the babies in Rome are born there, that after you give birth, they don't immediately put your child on your chest. They take him or her away, washing, weighing the stuff that they do to babies when they're first born, 
And then they bring them back. And I thought to myself, if somebody did that to me, even that I speak Italian, if someone did that to me, and especially if I was not, you know, completely fluent, or I think I would lose my mind. And I should say that this is something Tiffany is considering doing sometime soon, is it not? Well, before you give my mother like too much reason to get excited uh we're not 100 percent sure it's definitely a possibility it's something that we think about and talk about a lot but it's not 100 percent. no <laughs> was it for you always home birth was that just what you wanted to do from the very beginning or how did you land on that yeah it was basically from the beginning i had a lot of influence with my family um, my stepmom had wide range of experiences starting in the hospital some very negative experiences and then had a lot of joys that she found when she switched to home birth, and it was a big advocate of that. I thought she was a great example of somebody who could, because I think she even had a C-section at one point and then had V-backs at home. So you want to define V-back, V-back for people? V-back is a vaginal delivery after a C-section. I don't know whether or not that's still considered not possible. Some places don't allow it. I thought that that wasn't possible. I mean, I remember one of my own sisters had her first birth was a cesarean, and, and I remember going and visiting her in the hospital when she was about to deliver her second, and I said, oh, no, 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 it has to be a C-section. Of course, this is 20 years ago now, but yeah, I didn't even know that was possible. People are still in the mindset of thinking that giving birth at home is a brave thing to do. Just to add to that, I, I don't want to say that I've always thought about home birth, but by the time you reach your mid-30s, at least half of your friends have children. You hear their stories that you didn't hear before you had friends with kids, you know? So the more I've been around, the more I've been wanting to, to go the home birth route. But I have a very, very extremely cautious husband. He's the type of person who's like, call me when you get to work, you know, that kind of person. <laughs> but uh, we were chatting, Katie and Derek were over at dinner the, our, at our house the other night, and I think we were talking about you or this situation, this, this, uh, this interview we were going to do, and I said, oh, you know, I want to have my children by home birth. I kind of just said to test him out, and he said, yeah, sure, right. Well, and the thing I always hear from Derek, too, is, um, and we still haven't decided whether or not we're going to have kids either, but uh, the thing I always hear from him is that his mother had such difficult deliveries with both of her babies because they were both so large. And he's concerned because I'm particularly short and kind of slight. And so he's very concerned that the baby would be too large and that you would need to be somewhere where um, something could be done if the baby can't get out. In his brother's case, the doctor actually broke his brother's shoulder to pull him out. Think he did it on purpose? <laughs> He, might, he might have to get him out. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's intense. There's that concern, too. So we both have these nervous husbands. And I had a friend who had a birth in a birth center, which is similar to having it at home, except that her point was, I did it there just so I wouldn't have to clean up the mess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't clean up any of my mess, that's for sure. <laughs> I don't know who did that. The midwives, my husband. I don't know, people have this other idea of, you're doing that in your house? That's disgusting. It was like, well, I'm not just... <laughs> free-for-all like things aren't being splashed on the walls <laughs> you know it's not like caveman like oh, yeah. <laughs> i would imagine that they put something down over your bed covers <laughs> yeah no there was plastic there's absorbing mats towels and disposable things all over the place it's very clean it's not unsanitary because it's in your home well i also think women have been having babies for a very long time a very 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 long time and um 
I mean, but Tiffany, they've also been dying in childbirth for a very long time. I was just thinking that same thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you trailed off at the end. That was the trail off. Yeah. So I was thinking about books I've read that take place in the olden days. But, you know, I mean, I wouldn't really maybe suggest it in the middle of, you know, rural Wyoming. Actually, probably all of Wyoming is rural. But, uh, but, But if you're in a big city and you're near a hospital can't be really risking that much. I mean, whatever you need, if you can get there in five minutes, what's going to happen in five minutes? I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm being completely... Um, well, and that five minutes can happen in the hospital too. There's no, just because you're in the hospital doesn't mean you get that immediate care. You have to find that doctor who could be in emergency surgery all night long, and then you have to wait for whoever's on second base there. It's not that immediate. It's similar. What's, what, what is five minutes? in home, in the hospital. It's a similar situation. My, my encouragement, I, I don't know, there's this um, mentality about, you know, when you're considering home birth and, and you talk about the worried husbands. But yeah, women have been giving birth forever. <laughs> and the, the idea that your body is going to create something that it doesn't know how to handle seems kind of silly to me. Um, there are women who are higher risk you know home birth is not for everybody there are some women that have um certain issues that are not normal and those sort of things uh are things that you talk about when you're considering a home birth but my opinion would be for a healthy woman young in shape very low risk a low risk woman should definitely consider it if they want to because they take care of themselves your body knows what it's doing and and it's we kind of have this medical system in place that has been coming from a very different standpoint for so long it's starting to change a little bit in the hospitals and i hear more and more of my friends and other women uh, having good uh, experiences in the hospital with midwives or maybe with their doctors or you know that they have a doctor that has a very holistic and natural approach that is something that's that has been changing. There's this old time sort of attitude that some doctors still have. They know better than you. They're going to tell you how you're going to have your baby, when you're going to have your baby, and when it's time to move on from your plan. The doctor wants to hurry this labor along just because he needs to go somewhere. You know, it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with the health of the baby. I've got golf at 11. Yeah, no, I mean, I have a friend, and I don't, again, I don't know the details, so I don't want to use this as an exa- a real example, but I have a friend who was living here in Rome. Uh, she was 20, ended up getting pregnant on her year abroad, and uh, ended up, you know, marrying this guy that she was seeing and staying here for a year to have the baby. She, I don't know the details of the birth, but she had a cesarean. Who knows? Anything could have happened. But she's a 20-year-old, very healthy girl, first child. I, it seemed odd to me that they would go for that. Again, I don't want to s- judge because I don't know the situation. It could, maybe there was an emergency. But I feel like, and I've heard, that at least in Italy, they tend to go to C-section too quickly as an option. Yeah, and, and, it's, an, and it's sort of like, well, this is your best option. And instead of approaching it as, well, this is a major abdominal surgery that's going to have a serious effect on you and your possibility of future births and your child as well, because there are some major benefits to the baby as far as chemicals and hormones and things that they get through a natural birth that they don't get in a C-section. You know, so I, I cringe the, the idea that women are receiving C-sections that they don't need. 
And there are many studies saying that there are more C-sections than there need to be, and that it has been an encouraged method. I can remember when I was a much younger person and my first friend, who was a man, was having the first baby of any of our friends. And I said, oh, so when's the baby due? And he said, July 1st at 9 a.m. And I said, wow, they're getting really good at accurately <laughs> predicting when the baby's going to come. And he says, no, it's a planned C-section. And that's just what the woman wanted to do. She was afraid of having a natural birth, so she just wanted to be numb from the middle down and just take it out when the time is right. And the doctor thought that that was a fine plan if that's what she wanted to do. And, you know, for her, she never felt like it was any problem. She had two kids that way. And that was just the way of it. Now, when you say she was afraid, do you think it was more like fear of the pain and the stress of birth? Or was it more like a aesthetic reason? Well, I'm not sure, but I could guess. I think it's just that phenomenon that the more we step away in our cultures from things that naturally happen, like people dying and giving birth, and the less we're exposed to it being sort of a natural process, I think the more the fear builds. So I'm sure it was a fear of the pain and that she wouldn't be able to handle it. She was a very young person. Uh, her first child, my friend's baby was the second. Uh, the first child, she had at 18, so I think it was also that pure fear that it was going to be too much to handle. Now, speaking of pain, if someone decides to do a home birth, do they have the option of having anesthesia? Uh, what is it? What is it called? The epidural. I imagine if you wanted, you could request that of your midwife. But don't you need an anesthesiologist to actually perform it, to actually put the needle in? See, I know so little about epidurals that I, I don't think I could really tell you. Because it's, it's, a, it's a funny concept being afraid of this pain um, of natural birth when actually... Um, when you get things like Pitocin and an induced labor, you're more likely to have a more painful birth. Because naturally, you go into labor and your body produces these hormones and chemicals that, that actually are you know, endorphins. They boost your ability, um, your perception of, of the idea. I mean, not saying it's not painful. It, it's painful. I don't think it's the most painful thing I've experienced. Your natural labor, your body has built in this system of like, work, work, work. Okay, now we n we're going to take a break. And then you work, and you and you're. It's hard, and it hurts. But then you get a break, and it gets more intense. Whereas, like, a lot of, and and I, I don't know because I haven't had the induced labor, but it's it's just very intense from the beginning. You don't get as much breaks, if any. The contractions one on top of another, on top of another, and yeah, that's scary. So when people are afraid of the pain of labor, I don't think they really understand that it that a lot of the pain comes from them trying to avoid the pain. All of the many drugs have different effects. In addition to some of the drugs that help start labor, actually hinder your body's ability to get the baby out in the way that it naturally can, like the pushing. So then these women have problems with my labor wasn't going far. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't push beyond this point. So I got this other drug to help me get the baby out because I wasn't progressing. You know, so there, there are all these complications and that I hear of through other women and I, and I do sympathize and I, and I, I don't want to experience that sort of pain, but I still kind of keep in my mind that I imagine if they had gone completely drug-free, um, it would have been a very different experience, especially in terms of pain. 
Speaking of, I should mention that one of the kids got out and she's in the kitchen right now making a big ruckus. You can hear uh, Emma in the background there talking to her dad. <laughs> she's the one uh, that led the way. I want to go step back just a moment because you said something that was almost unbelievable a moment ago. You said, it's not the worst pain I've ever felt. To those of us who haven't had children, who have this very vague idea about what childbirth feels like, that's almost unbelievable to me because I was always convinced that that was beyond, you know, maybe torture, true torture, that maybe that was probably the worst pain that a person could endure. It does beg the question, what was the worst pain you ever <laughs> experienced? <laughs> maybe you had your fingernails ripped off or what? I don't know. Corne corneal abrasions really hurt. I've had a couple of those where you get your cornea scratched. It's amazing how a little tiny cut can hurt so bad. <laughs> hey. You have it on the record. A corneal abrasion hurts more than natural childbirth. Maybe. I, I, it's hard to compare, you know, because you don't remember everything so clearly. There's this great pregnancy amnesia that happens that it helps when you decide to have more children you're like oh that wasn't so bad and then you're like oh wait some of it was pretty bad but <laughs> it's really not <laughs> i don't know you know what i mean yeah. it's amnesia uh, chemical in your body yeah yeah you get a lot of endorphins with birth and, and and it is a lot of work and there's a lot of pain but the end result is so fabulous that you tend to forget the pain pretty quickly so are you expecting when you think about giving birth in rome versus giving birth in your hometown in Portland, Maine. Are you expecting any kind of differences? Yes, because every birth is different. <laughs> so I don't know what those differences are, and I, I hope for the better and easier differences. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just, just as every woman is different, every one of her labors are different, and each child has its own story, birth story. and. That's the thing. And when you were talking earlier about fear, one of my philosophies is that making any decision based on fear is not a good one. Face your fear, figure out how to deal with that fear, and then make a decision. That's kind of how I prepare for my birth. So I think, is there something I'm afraid of? Partly because fear can also keep you from going into labor, the fight or flight chemical that goes through your body. If you're really afraid of having this baby, your body can hold on pretty well uh and yeah it makes it harder you're working against yourself so your body's like trying to push you along and you can mentally hold yourself back so um when i think about the differences i don't know i don't i, I don't know of anything specifically but i just try to be very aware of how i'm feeling about the birth i'm, I'm trying to think specifically if there is any fears i have I yeah know. since you're a month away <sighs> i yeah um I guess one of my worries is that I'd use the same midwife, actually, that my husband's sister had used for all four of her children at home. So she was already a tried and true midwife and had been treating their family naturally with medicines, like, you know, ever since my husband was a young child as well. So they've, they've been in the family. It was tried and true. So I guess I have um, a little concern over just making sure that my midwife is as qualified and as ready for everything especially because I, I i do like homeopathy and natural medicines and remedies i'm not entirely sure of her um, competency in that area but so that's that's one of my concerns because it's also there's there is a difference right between american standards of medicine and italian standards of medicine and i mean if i was in the hospital i'd be experiencing that more and more firsthand 
but as it is, uh, these midwives that I have now been working with are very similar in their philosophy and their approach. So at, like everything that I have experienced and asked my, my current midwife about has been spot on to what I've been used to. So I'm kind of just trying to let myself believe that if there are parts that I'm forgetting to ask about, that it's not that big a deal and we're probably still on the same level. But it's, it's hard because I'm in Italy and who knows? I don't know. <laughs> have you noticed or have you even been able to tell in your search for a midwife and in your preparation for this, if home birthing is as common here as it is in the States or, or if it's more common here? I think it's less common. I think it's much less common, although it is growing, according to my midwife. They, it's, a, it's a movement that has been working more in the past 10 years to becoming a little bit more popular. Well, as far as you know, Tiffany, isn't, isn't Rome in particular a place where more people don't have children, like we're seeing in the big cities in the United States? I definitely think that's true in Italy in general. I don't know if Rome has a higher instance of that than, you know, rural Italy. I'm not sure. But I know that Italy has a low childbirth rate. And it's actually becoming a problem. The, the, the population is projected to go down in the years to come. There's a very, very large population of older people. And as they start to die and not a lot of babies are being born, mostly because of financial reasons, young people are not getting enough. Not, not only are they not making enough money, but they're not getting jobs that, are, that have any kind of stability. So they're not having kids. And yeah, so I, think, I don't think it's just Rome. Maybe it's worse in Rome because it's a big city. But definitely, yes, it's a, it's a low birth rate here. I see very few children on the streets and it makes me feel a little bit like a spectacle when I'm pushing a double stroller and I'm eight months pregnant. I, I definitely get a lot of looks, <laughs> but a lot, but, uh, but the Italian attitude towards children is great. They love my children. They love children in general and they're always very happy and effusive over them. Yeah. I've always heard that if you're pregnant in Italy, they just, you're treated like a queen. I, I think so. I think so. So my general you know, expat experience, I think, has been very uh, colored by that. It's been challenging, but I've definitely gotten a lot of help and respect and a lot more smiles than I, I know you get sometimes even in the States. Like you, you tend to get a little bit more judgmental looks, um, I think, in the States. Like, geez, you're, you know. Third one on the way, huh? Yeah. Jeez. Baby machine there. <laughs> Actually, I did get that for the first time um, last night or the night before from some Italian father. I was out walking with my sister-in-law who just left. She brought her youngest, who was a year and a half, and he had a runny nose, and he insisted that she wipe his nose. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, thank you. We're aware that he's, he is a little bit snotty, and we tried to keep walking on, and then he's like, no, no, excuse me. I'm Italian father, and he wipes the nose of the baby. And then he looks at my children, and he's like, are these... These all yours? And I was like, no, just these three here. One, two, counting my belly. And he's like, oh, you're a family machine. I, I'm sorry. I bet you are. I was like, okay. That's a little bit hypoc uh, hypocritical because although Italians don't have a lot of children in this generation, they used to have very big families. My, my husband's father is one of six. I think that's, it's very common, five, six, ten children in Italy of that generation of the children that were being born in the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s. And now it's completely changed. I feel like in the States, of course, they were, they were having more children 50 years ago. But they still, you'll still find, I have a friend who has four children. I have another friend who has three. It's 
it's not so uncommon, but here you hardly ever see more than two children. And some, many, many stop at one. In fact, my husband has kind of said, if we have any kids, if, if we make that decision, let's only have one. And so he's trying to convince me uh, on that side. But, um, but yeah, I think that's a bit hypocritical. Do you have a plan for how many you're going for, Cassie? Uh, one at a time. <laughs> That's not always possible to predict, well, though. Uh, uh, except if it happens to be two at one time, then we'll take two at that time. But uh, <laughs> yeah. it happened like it happened to my uh, my cousin who who had three children, very spread out, and then accidentally somehow, you know, she thought she was all done. She got pregnant again, and it was twins. So five from three to five. Such is life. Well, we should probably wrap it up. Is there anything else you really want to ask? Well, I, I will just say that you need to definitely tune in. Uh, we'll give you a warning, but we are going to, hopefully, if, uh, if she's not too busy, have a, have a sort of a recap or um, a wrap-up, I guess I should say, with Cassie after the birth so we can hear all about how an Italian home birth went. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. This is The Bittersweet Life. Hey, we've got a website, thebittersweetlife.net. And tell your friends about us, right? Anything else? No, just do what the woman says. All right. See you later. We welcome your questions and your feedback. Reach the show by emailing bittersweetlife at mail.com. That's bittersweetlife at mail.com.